Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I'm your host, and I'm a beggar. I found bread, the bread of life, Yeshua, the Messiah. And my hope is to make others hungry for this bread so they will grow deep roots and bear much fruit, fruit to his glory. This episode, Dirt. You can credit Alice in Chains for the title to this episode, and Dirt is the title track to their 1992 album release, and there was some influence from the L.A. Riots on that uh, Dirt album. They went through a few band name changes before settling on Alice in Chains. They actually went by Diamond Lies. Also, for you Godzilla fans out there, they were called Mothra for a little while. And they briefly called themselves the F-word. The actual word, the F-word. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that would have been kind of difficult to market. I don't know. That's, maybe that's just me. At any rate, it's, this is not an endorsement of the band or their music. It's just a connection with the song title and the topic of this episode. It's not about the music, folks. It's about the message, Dirt. We're going to take a look at a parable Yeshua taught, and I believe we'll get to two of them that kind of work in conjunction out of the 13th chapter of Matthew's Gospel, time permitting, of course. And this chapter, the 13th chapter of Matthew, is overflowing with parables, and there is a connection weaving through them all. God willing, we will examine all of them. Um, as time permits. For now, we'll see how far we get today. And if you didn't know, this is the eighth episode of the fifth season of this podcast. And since late last season, we have been intentionally studying the words of Yeshua. His words are life and truth. From him, we receive words of eternal life. Those who hear and do his words are building on a foundation of rock. So as followers of the Messiah Yeshua, I believe we should know and obey his words. We will begin in Matthew chapter 13 and we'll start at verse 1. On that day, Yeshua left the house and sat beside the sea. A great crowd of people was assembled to him, so he went down into the boat and sat in it, and all the people stood on the seashore. He spoke to them at length with parables, saying, The sower went out to sow seed. As he sowed, some of the seed fell by the road, and the birds came and ate it. There was some that fell on rocky places where there was not much soil, and it sprouted quickly because it had no deep soil. When the sun shone, it was scorched and dried up because it had no root. There were some that fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and crowded it. There were some that fell on good soil, fell on the good soil, and bore fruit. One a hundred times, another sixty, and another thirty. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples approached him and said, Why is it that you speak to them in parables? He answered and said, Because to you it is given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For to one who has, 
it will surely be given, and he will have extra. But for one who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away from him. That is why I speak to them in parables. For in their seeing, they will not see, and in their hearing, they will not hear, nor do they even understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Yeshaya that says, Listen well, but you will not understand. Look closely, but you will not know. Fatten the heart of this nation and make its ears heavy and seal its eyes so that it will not see with its eyes or hear with its ears or understand with its heart or repent and be healed. But as for you, oh, the gladness of your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For amen, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear. So as for you, please hear the parable of the sower. Anyone who hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one will come and snatch what is sown in his heart. He is the one sown beside the path. The one sown... On the one sown on the rocky place is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it joyfully. But he does not have a root beneath him, so he arises only for an hour. But when there is trouble and persecution on account of the word, he will stumble in a moment. The one sown among thorns is the one who hears the word but the worries of this age and the guile of wealth crowd out the word so that he will have no fruit. But the one sown on good soil is the one who hears the word and understands it. Even producing fruit, one bears a hundred times, another 60 and another 30. That's Matthew 13 verses 1 through 23. And this is commonly called the parable of the sower. We can see why. And Yeshua does explain to his disciples why he speaks in parables. They were asking this because it was different. It was not just plain and direct. He was using metaphors. He was using these parables to teach the people. So the disciples asked him why. And he, uh, he quotes the prophet Isaiah, Yeshaya. Um, in Hebrew. And, and so he explains to them that there are people who have eyes, to, but they don't properly see. They have ears, but they don't properly hear. And even Isaiah was given a message. Adonai gave him words to speak and told him, you're going to speak these words and people aren't going to hear them. People aren't going to see what you're saying. They aren't going to comprehend what is being presented to them. You present the word anyway. Present it. Um, and, and that is what Yeshua is doing here. And he presents, whereas the prophets, and I believe he says this in another, in another portion of scripture, the prophets spoke very plainly and directly. And people didn't understand them. He, he came and spoke in parables, and some people didn't understand him in that. Um, and so this parable, and, and actually, I believe even that this parable ties to exactly what 
Isaiah was prophesying and what Yeshua was quoting of the prophet Isaiah, that there are people who will have the message presented to them and because of and what we'll go through the different types of soil, some, some do not receive. So this parable itself has different aspects to it. And it has, certainly has application to those who sow the seed of the word, which is what we as followers of the Messiah Yeshua are supposed to be doing. We are supposed to sow the seed of the word of Adonai, as well as bringing uh, this parable also brings understanding of the conditions of people's hearts and their willingness to receive the seed cultivate it and allow it to grow and produce fruit in their lives. Now, the sages have a similar comparison of four types of people. There's the sifter, the sieve, the funnel, and the sponge. For our purposes, we will focus on the teachings of Yeshua, the Messiah. He describes four types of soil as metaphors of types of people. And we are created from the dirt of the earth. So I really don't think that we should have any concerns about the master referring to us as such. The seed is clearly the word of God. In those days when seeds were sown, it was done by hand. You would have a bag of seed, which you would reach in, grab a handful, and toss it on the soil. And your hope being that the majority of the seed would land on the good soil to maximize the, uh, the yield of the produce of the land. Much of the landscape had terraced or tiered plots. Each level, and this was along the hillsides, they would do these tiered plots to kind of maximize the land space that they had. And so each level or each tier would have a rock retaining wall holding the backfilled soil in, in place. So the hardened path where one walked to plant seed or to tend to the crops, it didn't produce anything. Seed would land on it, but the birds would come and eat it because it didn't even penetrate into the soil. It was too hard, too firmly packed, couldn't get into it. Now, the closer you got to the retaining wall, as you were walking on this tier, the closer you would get to the retaining wall, the rockier the soil would become, which makes sense. It's got a rock retaining wall holding it back. And so that prevented seeds from setting in good, firm, deep roots. And the plants would quickly sprout but they would shrivel and die from either the heat of the sun, the wind, or the rain. Just, there was no deep root, so they, they would die. Now, at the base or the bottom of the retaining wall is where the thorns and weeds were most prevalent. Any seed sown there would be choked out and die, not producing any fruit. The center of the plot was where the soil was richest and would produce the most fruit. That's where the good soil is. And this parable is often used to distinguish between different types of people. And I believe that that is a proper application. I believe at face value that is, that is exactly what the master was teaching here. There are some who are hard-hearted, 
and won't receive. They don't receive the word. It lands, you know, when those seeds are planted, the enemy comes, as the master said, the enemy comes quickly and and just takes them away because they don't even penetrate into the person. Others quickly grasp the word with excitement. And these these are uh, sprinters, I would call them. Like they grasp, they see, they hear something, they hear a message, they get excited and they want to run with it. But there's no depth of their understanding. And so there's no root. And so they are easily swayed at the first sign of conflict or persecution. They, they just bow out. Others willingly, willingly receive the word, but because of their entanglement in the cares of this world, the, the weeds, the thorns that are there, it, those cares of this life. And as, as this version says, the guile of, of wealth, right? The, the focus on the riches of this world, it chokes out the word. And this third type of soil or type of person seemed to be a primary focus of Yeshua. He encountered several of them. And we can think of the rich young ruler whom Yeshua commended for his adherence to the Torah and told him that he lacked one thing. So the seed was in this young man. The seed was in there. It was growing in him. And, and Yeshua told, told him, you lack one thing. Sell all you have and give it to the poor and follow me. And it says that that young man walked away sad. He was brokenhearted. He is a, an example of the third type of soil. The cares of this world choked out that good seed that was growing in him. The master was commending him. For, for knowing and living the Torah. Yeshua, as we have said before, he brings, he brings a focus to the weightier matters of the Torah, which is justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And Yeshua was calling him to mercy. And this man, being the third type of soil, the cares of this world choked out that good seed that was in him, and there was no fruit. Also, when we're thinking of, of this third type of soil, the, the Torah scholar most likely would have been a, a man of financial means, and he said that he wanted to follow Yeshua. This is uh, recorded in Matthew chapter 8, and he said he wanted to follow Yeshua, and the master informs him, birds have nests, foxes have holes, and the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He was functionally homeless. He and his disciples were couch surfing to use, couch surfing to use the modern phrase. That's what, what they would do. They were going around preaching the kingdom, and they were, were going from village to village, town to town, and house to house to whomever would let them stay with them. So he had no he, he was functionally homeless, and that's what he relayed to this this Torah scholar. And then another man wanted to go and bury his father. Yeshua told him, let the dead bury their own dead and follow me. Well, at face value, that seems a little bit cold or callous. It seems it, it does. It seems it seems like at first blush that 
that the, the master was being cold towards this man's needs to say, uh, you know, we, so we need to understand the traditional Jewish burial ceremony and what was very common, certainly at this time in the first century. And, and that explains a little more of what the master is saying to this man, because that traditional burial ceremony can last a year after the initial burial where the body of the deceased is placed in the family tomb, wrapped in cloths, which are packed with herbs and the time of, and then there's the time of the mourning and grieving. One year later, those remains are moved to a different location in the tomb where the bones of the descendants are located. And this is where the saying gathered with his people comes from. They would move them from the one location to where the bones from uh, those who came before him, his, his fathers and his descendants, where they were where they were placed in that same tomb. And so the master is not dismissing the need for one to grieve, nor is he telling this man to break the Torah commandment to honor your father and mother. He's telling the man, there are people who are alive who need the gospel message and to let those who are dead those who do not respond to the call of the kingdom, let them deal with the handling of the bones of the physically dead. There are people who are alive that we need to go get this message to. And these again are examples of the third soil. Yeshua let people know the cost of being his disciple. He prepped the soil by revealing what would be required. The fourth soil is, of course, the good soil. The word penetrates, it sets deep roots, there are no weeds, and it produces abundant fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. And because I have heard this preached in a certain manner, I do want everyone to understand, though I believe many of you already do, Yeshua is not giving financial investment advice here. Okay? Just plain and simple, because I have heard this used by the greedy, prosperity-focused as a means to manipulate people into giving to their ministries, and I use that word ministries very loosely here, and that's not what Yeshua is teaching here, not at all. The primary financial advice Yeshua gave... <laughs> was that we can't love God and money and to store our treasures in heaven. That was his financial advice. All right, sorry, squirrel. Well, I firmly believe uh, that this parable does focus on four types of people. I believe it also speaks to our need to properly care for and maintain the soil of our lives. And I think we go through seasons where we are not receptive to ideas or teachings from Scripture, things which maybe contradict our understanding, what we have always been taught, and we harden our hearts towards things. That soil needs to be broken up, or perhaps we don't allow, allow for or obey specific commands and we don't let them take full root in our lives. We acknowledge them 
and we kind of we, we kind of brush past them. Well, I know what the Bible says. I just think God understands me, and in my situation, I don't feel like He would uh, He would mind if I disobey. You know, God knows my heart. Those rocks need to be dug up so roots can extend. As more seed, the seed of, of God's word is planted in our lives, as more of it is planted so that it can take root. And so those rocks need to be dug up so roots can extend and offer the stability needed to withstand the storms of life and to produce fruit. We lose sight of who we are and whose we are, and we say things like, well, yeah, I know I'm supposed to help the poor, the needy, the widows, and the orphans, but I've got this going on, or I've got that going on. You know, I need to spend some spend some of my money or spend some of my time, right? I need some me time. I need to, I, I need to go, you know, treat myself. Or we dig ourselves so deep in debt that we hinder ourselves from the depth of service we should be to others. The cares of this world begin to overtake our garden because we are not regularly feeding, watering, and weeding. We become an overgrown mess and forget the former glory from being completely surrendered. What the garden looks like when the soil is good and things are being fed and watered and weeds are being pulled and how how beautiful that is. We forget that and the thorns and the weeds overtake us. Good soil needs maintenance daily. Studying the scriptures, praying, praising, worshiping, serving, and even resting is important. All these things have parallels to healthy, productive soil. Yes, and even dirt needs rest. But yeah, all, all of these things we, we think of when we see pictures of a beautiful garden or beautiful, you know, field of flowers or a field of wheat, whatever it is, we see it and we, and we think, yeah, that's what I want. I've got good soil, so that should be in me. But it takes daily work to have that. It doesn't just happen. And so, uh, again, all these things, right? The studying the scriptures, praying, praising, worshiping, serving, and resting. All of those things are vital. And, and as I said, yes, even dirt needs a rest because we, we read in the Torah, the, com- in the commands, that every seventh year, it is instructed to allow the soil to rest and since we come from soil, we need to rest also. This is why Hashem commanded a Sabbath rest, a Shabbat, to cease from our work. The Apostle Paul wrote that one plant seeds, another waters, and it is Adonai who adds the increase. Our job is to sow these seeds of God's work to water them, pray over them, do what we can in caring for for that soil where the seed is planted. But we have to trust Adonai Elohim, the Lord our God, El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. It is he who adds the increase. Yaakov, 
James, the brother of the master Yeshua, wrote, So be patient, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient for it until it receives the early and late rain. You also be patient. Strengthen your hearts because of the coming because the coming of the Lord is near. I believe the master is providing us with understanding about different types of people and notice seeds fall to every type. We are to plant and water and trust the Father to bring forth fruit. We want the seeds to go to the good soil where it will produce optimum fruit. And when we think when we think of planting, think of planting just one seed. And if it grows properly, and it produces not only the good the good fruit, but it produces additional seeds to be planted and produce more and more fruit exponentially. And in, in one of the upcoming parables, Yeshua says that he is, he is planting the seeds. He is sowing the seeds of God's word. And so the seed that he sowed back then produced fruit in some, and it also produced more seeds And so they continued producing and they continued planting and watering and producing and throughout the generations. And now it has reached us where we are today from the original seeds being sown. And I, I I dare say, and and, uh, I don't think anyone would argue with me, but that the seed of the word of Adonai Elohim has been planted since the beginning of creation. It has been planted and brought forward, and we are products of the seed sown by the Master Yeshua, the Messiah. How incredible is that? <laughs> it's awesome. So I also recognize the importance of properly maintaining the soil of my own life, and there are times when I'm not seeing fruit in my life, or maybe others aren't recognizing fruit or I'm being called out because there's some things in my life that shouldn't be in my garden, or I'm easily derailed by things. And, and, you know, when I'm easily distracted or just like want to give up and fold up the tents through frustrations and, and anxiety and other things, there are things I know I need to get, when those things happen, I need to get down on my knees and dig in the dirt to keep that soil healthy. The master continues with a similar theme uh, with subsequent parables. And as I, as I said at the beginning, he teaches, there's many parables in this, in this one chapter. And he teaches that the enemy also sows seed in the field, which poisons the harvest. He teaches about the production of one mustard seed, how one, how much one mustard seed can produce. He describes how yeast expands in dough. He tells of a man who finds treasure stashed in a field. He discusses casting a wide net for fish. All of these parables are comparisons to the kingdom of God. These aren't just wise sayings from a good teacher. 
This is instruction from the good teacher as to how we are to live if we are his followers. So I want to pick up at verse 24 here and look at the second parable. And that is Matthew 13, verse 24. He presented them with another parable and said, The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed darnel among the wheat and then went away. When the plants grew and produced fruit, the darnel was also seen. The servants of the owner of the house approached and said to him, Our master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where did the darnel come from? He said to them, One of my enemies did this. His servant said to him, Would you like us to go and pull it up? He said, No, because when you pull up the darnel, you might also uproot wheat. Let them be, and both will grow together until the harvest. When the harvest time comes, I will say to the reapers, First pull up the darnel and bind it into bundles to burn them. Then gather the wheat into my storehouse." And so I know many of your translations probably have the word tares or weeds. Um, Darnell, it's actually a specific poisonous weed that resembles wheat and, and it becomes parasitic in wheat fields. And so it can overtake and consume and poison, uh, poison wheat. And so Yeshua tells this, tells this parable here about the enemy who is also sowing seed into uh, into the fields. He explains a little bit later, he shares a couple more parables, but then a little bit later in verse 36, we read, then Yeshua sent away the crowd of people and came to the house. His disciples approached him and said, please explain to us the parable of the Darnell in the field. He answered and said, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the, is the world. The good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The Darnell is the sons of the evil one. The enemy who sows them is the Satan, the adversary. The harvest is the end of the age. The reapers are the angels. Just as the Darnell is gathered and burned in the fire, so too it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather from his kingdom every obstacle and all workers of evil, and they will cast them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. So that's the explanation of the the tares and the wheat, or darnell and the wheat. We're to be planting seeds of the word of Adonai in people's lives. Where do seeds come from? They come from the fruit. As we produce good fruit to the glory of Hashem in our lives, and we discussed that good fruit uh, in the previous episode. So you can, you can check that out. Um, Take a, take a listen to that one if and when you have time talking about what, what is the fruit that we are supposed to be producing as followers of Yeshua, children of the Most High. 
And so as we produce good fruit to the glory of Hashem in our lives, we will also have more seeds to cast to the soil. The world needs to know they can be reconciled to the Creator, Adonai Elohim, El Elyon, God Most High, through Yeshua HaMashiach, His Son, Yeshua of Nazareth, the Messiah. Please study to show yourself approved of God, and let's go out to plant and water seed Trusting Adonai to add the increase. Let's go out and give him heaven. And until next time, may the favor our master Yeshua the Messiah found in the eyes of Hashem be upon you and all your household. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, reign in your hearts and minds in Messiah Yeshua. Grace and peace.